Who is the most underrated actor of all time? It's Dolph Lundgren. Correct. Why? Well, because of his uh, spiky hair, yep. his ice-cold demeanor, and his big muscles. Absolutely. I must break you. Welcome to I Must Break This Podcast. This is the fan podcast celebrating the cinematic career of action legend Dolph Lundgren. Hello and welcome back to I Must Break This Podcast, the fan podcast that takes an in-depth look at the films of Ivan Drago himself, Dolph Lundgren. I'm your host Sean Malloy and today's another bonus episode. On this episode, I had the pleasure of speaking with screenwriter Chad Law. Now, before we get to today's episode, I wanted to remind you all that if you're not subscribing to the show, please do so. Also, please feel free to leave a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or your podcast app of choice. We appreciate the reviews, especially those five-star reviews, of course. Also, if you're living under a rock and you do not know, uh, please get out there and see Creed 2. It is truly one of the best films of 2018, and it's an ultimate treat to see Dolph Lundgren back on the big screen in the role that essentially put him on the map 33 years ago. Yes, in Creed 2, Dolph returns to the big screen, reprising his role as Ivan Drago. So if you're a fan of Rocky, if you're a fan of Stallone, if you're a fan of Dolph Lundgren, or just boxing movies in general, um, and you have not seen the film, first of all, I don't know how you'd be listening to this show and not seeing Creed 2 yet, but please check out Creed 2 because I would not be surprised if it gets some Oscar attention come Academy Awards season here in a few months. After all, the the first Creed that came out back in 2015 got the same treatment. So um, it is wonderful. Please check it out. And also uh, dropping here in the next couple weeks this month, December 21st, Aquaman. Um, and again, if you if you do not know about Aquaman, yeah, this is the adaptation of the DC Comics character um, being put out by Warner Brothers, directed by James Wan, starring Jason Momoa, Amber Heard, Nicole Kidman, Willem Dafoe, and of course, Dolph Lundgren. Um, in Aquaman, Dolph shows up as King Nearest, who is the, uh, he's the king of Atlantis, I guess. Um, his character is the father of Amber Heard's character. So, um, and her character's name is Mara. So, anyway, th this should be really cool. I mean, it, it truly is, 2018 truly is the year of Dolph to have these two big blockbuster movies being released within a month of each other. This is this is pretty special. This is pretty big. So, um, if you haven't seen Creed 2 yet, please get out there and even check it out for a second or a third time, like myself. And then, of course, there is Aquaman that will be coming out um, December 21st, so in a few weeks. So, in any case, um, on to today's episode. Now, recently I had the pleasure of chatting with Chad Law. Uh, if you do not know Chad Law, he is certainly a rising name in the action genre who's written for the likes of Dolph Lundgren, Jean-Claude Van Damme, Cuba Gooding Jr., and many, many more. Uh, one of Law's most recent efforts was this year's Blackwater. In Blackwater, Jean-Claude Van Damme and Dolph Lundgren were reunited once again, only this time instead of squaring off, they're on the same side as their characters find themselves trapped on a CIA black site submarine. Yet as the bad guys soon discover, no prison, let alone one on a submarine, can contain guys like Dolph and Jean-Claude. 
In addition to discussing this film, Law and I also chat about him breaking into the business, collaborating with director William Kaufman, and what he has in store for the next year. Chad Law was extremely down-to-earth, humble, and is essentially living the dream of so many. He's writing action movies for the guys he grew up watching 20 years ago. I hope you enjoy our conversation as much as I did. So for your listening pleasure is my conversation with Chad Law on I Must Break this podcast. Well, hey, first of all, thank you so much for uh, taking the time to chat with me. I really do appreciate it. Absolutely, man. Thanks for thanks for wanting to chat. Yeah, no, I mean, you have had, I mean, first of all, I have to say I admire your work immensely. I've, I've followed your work now for the past 10 years. And oh, wow. this, the, the, the past year, I mean, 2018, you must be over the moon because you've had a, a pretty successful year. Congratulations. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's all good. <laughs> Yeah. Well, and I was curious, I mean, so, okay, if, if you don't mind, if we could go back to the beginning, how did you initially break into, uh, break into writing movies and especially the action genre? Um, you know, it, it, it's kind of, it's kind of a simple, like, I always wanted to write movies. I went to college for nothing that, you know, really had anything to do with this. Um, and I was going to get what I call, you know, a real job, I guess. Um, and then I just decided I didn't know what that real job would be and that I would, you know, be upset with myself if I didn't try to at least make one movie before I died. Kind of a grim way of looking at it, but, but the truth, you know. And then I, yeah, I just took off. Uh, I started staying with a buddy of mine who's an actor in Huntington Beach. I started staying on his couch in Huntington Beach and, you know, taking meetings with managers and, and, and um, submitting scripts to screenwriting contests and, I had a couple of scripts that placed, you know, in Project Greenlight, which was a Matt Damon and Ben Affleck thing at the time. Um, and that just kind of, you know, the wheels started turning. And and I, oddly, like, what I'd written mostly was, was horror stuff at the time because that was kind of back when uh, The Ring and movies like, you know, uh, all the Japanese horror movies were being made and all my agents and reps and, you know, People who I hadn't made a dime for were like, yes, write the next great horror script and we'll be in. It'll all be great. And I, so I wrote several horror scripts and none of them were probably very good, in all honesty. But anyway, it got me a bunch of meetings, but none of, none of it ever got made. And then I, I wrote a crime script um, with my brother just kind of out of frustration of getting no horror movies made, you know, getting nothing made, getting no checks, <laughs> you know, no success whatsoever. Um and then that script kind of got turned into more of an action script, but it did get bought. That's, uh, you know, the short of it. And we, you know, we did it. It was called Hero Wanted. And we did it with uh, Cuba Gooding Jr. and Ray Liotta and Norman Reedus. And from that point on, I kind of became, quote, unquote, the action guy, you know. on action, I love action movies, but, I mean, it definitely wasn't something intentional on my part to just, you know, be, I'm just going to write action movies. I love writing yeah. action movies. I'm not complaining. It just wasn't by, you know, it wasn't by any kind of design. Well, and I was going to ask you about Hero Wanted. I actually love Hero Wanted. Um, what, Thank you. I was you. just curious, what was that experience like, seeing your very first screenplay made, especially with such talents like Cuba Gooding Jr. and Ray Liotta? I mean, those two guys are, are powerhouses. That had to be a pretty surreal experience. It was, a, it was a very surreal experience, and we filmed in Bulgaria, and I never even left the country at that point in time in my life. So my brother and I flew to Bulgaria, which is an you know, incredibly long flight for someone who's, you know, hardly used to even flying from Indiana to California at this point, which is a four-hour flight. And it, so it was like, it was a culture shock, for one, you know, just on top of the fact that we were there to make a movie. Um, and then the first day we got there, 
uh, you know, here, here's, here's the lead from, from Goodfellas saying our lines. Cause we, you know, we actually, we didn't get in until like what would have been the very first day of shooting. So, and because of the time changes and everything, by the time we got to set, they were well into, you know, the first day. And so Ray Liotta is already filming the scene with Cuba, actually. Um, and I'm like, wow, that's, that's interesting. Like Ray Liotta's here filming, you know, I, you know, this is very bizarre. I got to call my mom. Um, and then, uh, and then Cuba, who I had had multiple phone conversations with, but hadn't met until I was in Bulgaria. Uh, he, I mean, he and I had, had talked on the phone several, several times. Um, but then, you know, he came down and then, you know, we, we got friendly, went out and had some drinks and had a good time. And, and, you know, Cuba and I became very close for a long, you know, we you know, after that, we, you know, we worked, we worked on several, several things here and there. Well, like I said, I've always enjoyed the film. I always felt it was a solid picture that I think is more of a drama that's masquerading as an action film, but you know, well, what, the, and, the, and the script, and the script, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think you're 100 percent right, and I think the script was much more so. I would have called it, I would have called it a crime drama or a crime thriller, maybe even, but I definitely wouldn't have called it an action movie. The script really had no machine guns, no explosives, and it was also it was always nonlinear. The script, but the movie's actually in a different order than even the script was, and you know, that's that's taster's choice kind of thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, I would say that the script even, I think you're exactly right, but I think the script even, I was definitely not going for action movie. I had no machine guns in the script. We changed that as we were in production. I just had, you know, in my opinion, like the, these, you know, the Kim Coates character and the Norman Reedus character, you know, these weren't guys who even knew how to get access to machine guns in script form. And then that kind of changed. And we were making a movie with Avi Lerner, Millennium Films, and they want action. Yeah. Yeah. Blow some shit up. Yeah. Well, I know you and I are around, I mean, at least I'm, I'm assuming, um, but I think you and I are around the, the, the same age. And I know uh-huh. me personally, I grew up idolizing the, 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 the films of Dolph Lundgren and Jean-Claude Van Damme. Were you the same way? You, you know what's funny is I watched, okay, what I should say is I watched all of it. I can't say that I wasn't, you know, I leaned, I leaned more towards... Um, I was an action movie fan, period. So, so the short answer is yes. The longer answer is I was the Schwarzenegger Stallone guy. And I didn't, oddly, looking at my career now, it's funny, but I, I, I got into Van Damme much later. I mean, I watched all that stuff, but I wasn't the big... All my friends were like the Bloodsport and the Kickboxer and the... Um, and my friend Scott Atkinson was a big fan of Van Damme's, obviously. Um, and, uh, yeah, it wasn't until later that I kind of really got into to Van Damme. I'm, it's weird, but like, I, I've liked Van Damme uh, as an older guy more than I liked him as a younger guy on film, just for whatever reason, I don't know. Um, but the, the reality is, is I watched all that stuff. I saw Hard Target, and I was like, what the hell is this? And my world changed, <laughs> you know? Um, um, I felt, yeah, I mean, I felt like, because at the time, I wasn't someone who was familiar with, with John Woo's Asian films. I, you know, that's blasphemy, I know, but I was a kid in Indiana. I didn't even know how to get these movies. Um, so Hard Target was my, like, introduction to John Woo at that time, and so I'm watching, you know, Van Damme with his mullet and, you know, jumping on motor, I'm like, this is, this, what's happening? This is the best movie I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> so, so, you know, it did grow on me, but I, it, for me, it was a little slower progression than the kickboxer and the, you know, at that time, it's, well, I can't tell John Carter or anybody, um, but at that time, I was a big golf fan. Okay. At that time, yeah, at that time, uh, times change, things change. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not the biggest Seagal fan now. I'm not afraid I to am. say that. 
I don't um, think many people are anymore, actually. Yeah, so. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, I, I haven't liked a Seagal movie. And, you know, I, did, I just thought Seagal's first, you know, three or four movies were, were really good back in the day. And then after that, you know, yeah, yeah, <laughs> not so much. Um, but, yeah, I guess I guess it kind of took hard target, you know, for me to, to, to really get into the Van Damme thing. And from that point on, yeah, I definitely did. Um, but I, I was late to the game. Now, granted, I, I I remember seeing Cyborg and I loved it at the time, and um, you know, I remember all that stuff. But but you know, it's like for me, like Dolph's, like I come in peace, and uh, well, I guess Dark Angel or I come in peace, whichever title it's going by these days. Um, that was a big deal for me. I saw Red Scorpion very young, and that was a big deal for me. Um, yeah, I mean, I followed all those guys, but I was I was definitely going to to the church of Schwarzenegger and Stallone at the time. Now, when you wrote the films, so for example, Six Bullets and uh, Blackwater, did you get to hang out with uh, with these guys on set at all? Um, well, yes. So, well, on Blackwater, no. Um, Blackwater, I was busy. I, you know, the, 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 I was I was off doing something else, and there was a lot of reasons um, to prevented it. But but yeah, Van Damme, I actually knew from Six Bullets, and he and I he and I have actually talked several times over the years, and and. And we almost did another movie together, which ended up oddly becoming a John Cusack movie um, instead. But he was attached. He was attached at one point in time to this movie I did with John Cusack and Thomas Jane. It was going to be Jean Claude Van Damme and Ving Rhames. I have no idea how that happens. It's weird how that happens. But um, yeah, so so like Van Damme morphed into Cusack and Ving Rhames morphed into Thomas Jane. Just picture. I don't know. Um, um, but yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I've, I've spent time with 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 Van Damme and, and talk to Van Damme and, you know, he's an interesting guy. Now, with regard to, with regard to the script of Blackwater, I'm curious, how did that entire project come about? Super weird. Um, so I was, I was, or super simple, I guess, maybe is maybe is even the, you know, um, I was on the set of a movie in Texas and a friend of mine, Richard Switzer, who's a producer, was trying to put together a movie. We didn't know exactly what size movie it was going to be and me and him were friends and, he said, I want to do an action movie on a submarine with two people, two, you know, two leads. And I was like, wow, that's pretty simplistic. You know, that could be, you know, that could be anything. And then from that, I started writing the treatment down in the basement of this other set we were on in Texas. And, um, you know, I was just kind of spitballing, throwing stuff at the wall. And I was like, okay, it's a CIA black site. It's a, you know, it's a, it's a prison. It's Con Air on a, on a, you know, on a submarine. And the script initially was was quite a bit more Con Air on a submarine than the finalized movie is, for better or for worse, you know, depending on how <laughs> the, what you think of the movie and what you think of Con Air, I guess. So it sounds like uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme and Dolph Lundgren were not initially attached to the project. Did their involvement come after you had written the script? Their involvement came after I'd written the script, yeah. Okay. Now, Six Bullets is completely the opposite. Six Bullets was written specifically for Van Damme, with Van Damme, to do with Van Damme. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah, okay. so Six Bullets wasn't a script first. Six Bullets was actually, which was a just solo Van Damme movie, Joe Flanagan's Jean-Claude Van Damme movie. And that was that was written specifically for Van Damme, and I talked to Van Damme in the process. And um, So, yeah, that was developed specifically. You would think it was the other way around. I could easily see how one would. Um, 
But I mean, at the time we were writing, I mean, I think I think when we were writing Blackwater, when we were developing it, we were actually even thinking like, you know, Nick Cage and Mickey Rourke, Mickey Rourke as Dolph and, and Nick Cage in the in the Van Damme role, and trying to put something together like that. Um, yeah, and then you know it became you know Dolph and, and and Van Damme. So you know who can who can complain? Well, I gotta admit, as a kid whose favorite movie was Universal Soldier, when right. I first when I first heard that Jean-Claude and Dolph were going to be reuniting, this time on the same side. I always, right. I always wanted to see them fighting on the same side. When the project of Blackwater was first announced, and, and when you know we had found out that those were the two leads, I was incredibly stoked. Were you pretty pleased when you found out who was Oh, that? yeah, yeah. No, I was very pleased. It, I mean, it, it was a lot different. It was just, you know, it was just more of a diff, different thought than, than, than I initially had. Um, but, no, I mean, I love those guys, and I think the – I mean, I think, you know, when I was a kid, you know, I was I was teaming up Van Damme and Seagal and Dolphins, you know, whoever. Like, you know, I, I mean, I literally had action figures of these guys from something, somewhere, you know, or at least at least action figures I pretended were these guys, you know. Yeah. Um. So, so, so like, teaming up these guys way before Expendables was always – I mean, I think that's sort of what, you know, kids do and what we kind of always did, you know, what many of us was like, I'd love to see, you know – so and so together, and and then it just kind of never happened. Now, I mean, now granted, we did have Universal Soldier, but it was a long time before, you know, the Expendables started really teaming these guys, these kind of guys up. We didn't see a lot of it back in the day, minus, uh, you know, what minus Universal Soldier? Like you didn't see yeah. that wasn't really common to to have, you know, um, the double bill thing with the action guys back then. Oh, no, I've always felt that Universal Soldier, in a lot of ways, was the heat of the time. You know, I, mean, I remember when, right. when Heat came out with Pacino and De Niro. And I love that movie. It was just so cool to see these two icons together. And I feel like, in a lot of ways, Universal Soldier kind of paved that road for movies like Heat to come out, you know? Right, right. Yeah, I think, I think um, yeah, Universal Soldier, is, it's, one of those, it's one of those movies that, you know, look, I mean... Some of the sequels, look, how many sequels does it have, technically? Like, it's got, I mean, we have to count even, like, the other ones, you know, that kind of spanned off of that. So, I mean, I want to say that it has, like, six six sequels, maybe, technically? Um, not Van Damme sequels, but I do, I think, I mean, you know, it spawned a lot of films. <laughs> right, right. Well, with, um, regard to Black, with regard to Blackwater, because I know that you said that it morphed into something different than what you had initially conceptualized, were you pretty pleased with how the film turned out in the end? Yeah, I mean, I think it's fun. I think it's fun. I think they did a great job with it. And I think, um, you know, look, writing and shooting and making a movie that's primarily set in any one location is very difficult, and particularly a sub, because it's not, you know, it's not like you can cut outside or cut to the... You know, there's not there's not a lot of cutaway. There's not a lot, you know. You're kind of, you know, it, it can become its own blessing and its own curse. So it's a very difficult situation. Um, and I think, yeah, I think they did. A, I think they did a very good job of it. Um, uh, yeah, I think they, you know, I mean, and, and you know, it's one of those things where it's like one of the things I've read is you know people would like to have more dolphin in it, and I completely agree. But that just wasn't the case. You know, that's not the way the cookie crumbled kind of thing. You know, yeah. for for a number of reasons. But I mean, I would like to have had more golf. In a perfect world, I would have put those guys, you know, shooting next to each other like all the Expendables in Part 2. You know, just a big one-shot. The whole movie is just them killing people next to each other, back-to-back. Back. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm curious, 
if, if you if you don't mind, could you take us briefly through your writing process? Do you essentially freestyle it and just write the film that you want to see, or are you contracted to write a specific film? How does that How does that work? Um, well, I mean, it works a lot of different ways. It's um, I mean, so, you know, there's times where, like, Six Bullets, for example, I was contracted to write with and for Van Damme. So ahead of time, I knew what I was getting into, you know. There are many other times, like Hero Wanted, where I just go off and, and, and write it and hope that I get it made, you know. And no one's waiting on it. No one knows it exists until I type the end kind of situation. And I'm hoping, um, yeah, I'm just, you know, hoping that I, that I can, that I can get it into production. And, you know, a movie like Hero Wanted, I would, that's basically, I had, I had a generalized thought process of where we were going to go, but I didn't have a, you know, a real blueprint or a synopsis or anything. It was just kind of like whatever I felt was moving the story forward in the most entertaining and, and, um, pleasing way was sort of how I structured the movie. Um, now, another, I, I, the short answer is I don't have a real writing process. I do it several million different ways, and part of that's probably because each script is its own thing to me, and another part is probably to keep myself from becoming bored with the writing process. Um, but, I mean, like right now, I'm, I'm, I'm writing a whole treatment synopsis, you know, not the actual script with dialogue, but you know, beginning, middle, and an end in a in kind of a story format, and then I'll go into the script. Um, and I felt like I needed to do that for this particular one that I'm working on for whatever reason. But I oftentimes don't do that. It just depends. Yeah, I don't have a um, – I do a lot of writing by hand, and then I type it, you know, um, into the computer. I'm just, you know, it helps my, my thought process for whatever reason. Um, but yeah, other than, other than writing by hand and then typing it into a computer, I don't really have a, I don't, yeah, I, I don't know that I have a real process. It kind of varies. Well, everything that I've read about screenwriting, and, and I'm curious if, if you subscribe to this same logic, but especially when it comes to writing an action film, one of the ideas that's always recommended is you need to get to the action as quickly as possible. Do you subscribe to that same that same idea or thought process when you're writing an action film? Um, no. <laughs> I don't okay. really subscribe to any process simply because I think once you, once, you, once you allow yourself to completely subscribe to some way that something is supposed to be, quote-unquote supposed to be, then you're kind of like, you know, a part of a machine or something, right? Like you're not, you're not doing something that feels natural or feels... Now, oftentimes, I do get to the action quick because it feels right or whatever the case. But I, I'm not intentionally doing it just because I'm supposed to. or you, you know what I'm saying. Like, I do think you want to know what kind of movie you're watching or, you know, what, yeah, what you came to see. Um, but, I, yeah, I don't, I don't really have a, you know, a guideline for when, when and how I think action should, you know, how fast I think it should should be introduced. Sometimes it's a bang, sometimes it's a whimper. Yeah. Well, and yeah. I noticed I noticed that you've collaborated with William Kaufman quite a few times. I love that guy. That's my brother. Okay. And I, yeah. I got to tell you, I think Kaufman is one of the freshest voices working in the action genre today. I think he Thanks. has an yeah, amazing style. How did those collaborations begin? Um, on Facebook. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um. um we had a mutual friend named Jay Stamper who had produced his movie Sinners and Saints, his, his one of his first movies with Johnny Strong and Tom Barringer and a bunch of guys, which is really good. Um, and he was a 
fan of Hero One. And we both, we basically shot Hero One in centers. So we kind of were doing our own thing separately, like at the same time, in a sense, you know, getting our start or whatever. And so I went off and shot Hero Wanted, and he had done Sinners and Saints, and um, his producer friend Jay Stamper had had um, seen them both and was like, wow, you guys really need to meet. You need directors, and he needs writers, <laughs> kind of thing, you know. Um, so so we flew out at a mutual friend's house in, in North Carolina, of all places. You know, he, you know, he flew in, I flew in, and because uh, Will's based in Texas, and um, yeah, and we, so we we met up at a barbecue, and and basically we're like, wow, we like all the same stuff. Um, and then we kind of agreed, like, you know, let's continue the conversation. We don't really know where it's going to go. And then I was working on a movie called Hit List. I was a big fan of. Well, I thought once I saw Sinners and Saints, I was like, holy shit, like this guy's the real deal. He knows what he's doing. I have no idea how. I, yeah, I have no idea how they made this movie for this amount of money uh, because it was done actually very, very cheaply. Um, and, and so, you know, we kind of continued the conversation. Then I was doing a movie called Hit List, also with Cuba, which is my second movie. And for one reason or another, there was another director whose name I won't mention, but he was going to direct the film. And, uh, anyway, he ended up not for whatever reason. And so we needed a replacement director. And so I brought up Will and I talked to the producers about him and I talked to Cuba about him. Um, and they said, you know, let's meet. We flew Will in. We saw, well, we had Cuba watch, um, you know, watch Sinners and Saints and watch Will's stuff. And then we kind of, we all met and, and then we were like, okay, Will's the director of the hit list. And, and that was our, that was our first movie we made together. That was a nightmare too. It, I, you know, I don't, a lot of people like it. I like parts about it. We tried to do something a little different than what I think the final outcome is. And I think we're probably overly hard on the movie in some way. Um, but that's because we had the, you know, best of intentions, I think. Um, so we, we kind of went, ah, we didn't completely win that one, but next time. <laughs> and then next time, you know, became, um, yeah, I, uh, one in the chamber, I guess it was. And then we did Jarhead. Um, and then we did Daylight Sin together. And yeah, now we're, we're getting, we're actually getting, um, you know, we're working on, we're working on a little something, something right now that we should be shooting in, you know, the first of the new year. Well, are you at liberty to say, is it by chance the sequel to Sinners and Saints? Because I see that that has been in development for a while. Yeah, that that's actually on deck. That is not going to – there are three movies. Uh, I don't want to jinx us. Um, okay. there, there are very likely three movies that Will and I are going to kind of do, you know, more or less back-to-back. Not back-to-back, but kind of like three months, three months, three months, you know, kind of thing. Um and one of them, Sinners and Saints. Yes. Okay. Well, yes. I'm a sucker. For, I'm a sucker for cop films, and I loved Sinners and Saints. So when I saw that a sequel was going to be in the works, and I think at one time wasn't Scott Atkins rumored to be attached to it as well? It, yeah, he is. He is actually. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So yeah. That's gonna that's gonna be amazing. I, you know, I'm curious. Is there a particular project of yours that stands out and stands as a personal favorite? You know, it's it's weird. I mean, yes, there is, and 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 sometimes I, you know, I don't even know why. Hero Wanted is is something that's very will always hold a special place for me, where I kind of can't judge the movie. And it was just like you know, it's my first movie, and it was like such a life changing kind of experience. So that holds a big you know special spot in my little heart. Um, but Daylight's In is a movie that that I always go to and go, you know, for better or for worse. 
we did exactly what we intended to do here. And that's not always true. It's like, you know, with Hit List, we didn't do exactly what we intended to do for one reason or another, whether it's our fault or whether I could pass that buck off to other people. Um, <laughs> and, um, yeah, I mean, you know, making a movie is like, it sounds really silly to say, you know, a lot of people have much more important and harder jobs, but it's very hard to do. And it's very hard to even, you know, you can write a great script and not have a great movie. You can have a great script and a great director and not have, there's, there's just so much, no matter how much money you have or how much money you don't have. Like, I don't believe that, you know, you know, everybody's like, well, if only we had more money, we would have had a better movie. And I'm like, that, that's not even really solution either. There's so much that can go wrong. Um, or, or just change, change your vision or change what you're trying to do. And it's, it's very, very hard. And, you know, so, so I guess, you know, the short answer to that would be daylight thin. For better or for worse, what we set out to do, we did. And therefore, I consider it a huge achievement. Have you considered branching out and going into directing as well? Or are you pretty content and happy doing the screenwriting? Um, I've always thought I would direct. I still believe that I will. I think, I think, I definitely think that I will direct. The reality is, is that I, you know, look, I've actually been so successful in some ways as a screenwriter that it kind of has, you know, sort of been like directing would, would, you know, kind of get in the way of the other job in a sense, you know, if that makes sense. Um, but also like when I, when you work with great people like William Coffin and some of the people, um, that I've worked with, it's sort of like, well, you know, I enjoy this so much and they're so good at what they do. You know, sometimes I'm like, you know, well, you know, why, why would I want to stress myself out when they're so good at stressing themselves? <laughs> yeah. You know, um, but uh, yeah, I, I think I eventually will. I came into this, um, fully planning to have already done it by now. Like, you know, like when, you know, I would have thought if you told me 10 years ago that I was going to still be here and have, you know, whatever, 12 or 13 movies done. Um, I would have definitely thought that I would have been trying to direct much faster than I have tried. I haven't really made, I haven't really made major attempts to do so yet. Yes. But I will. Yes. Yeah. Very cool. Well, I know you mentioned that you are currently working on a few projects. Uh, according to IMDB, you have quite a few projects that are in the works as well. Are you able to give us, you know, any kind of intel or any kind of hints as to what these projects are going to be about or? Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, there's so much. Um, in, in fact, you know, you know what's funny about the IMDb is like probably the things you'll see from me next. Um, well, I mean, I'll even go as far as to say the next movie that I'm going to film for sure is not on IMDb. You know, so it's like some of that stuff. You know, I don't. You know, for whatever reason or another, it ends up on IMDb, and then people ask you about it, and you're like, oh wow, I forgot that was supposed to happen three years ago, kind of thing. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, there's gonna be there's gonna be several interesting things. And look, I, yeah, it's one of those things. It's like I don't like to jinx things. I don't like to talk too much out of. Uh, and the other thing is, is like in the movie, you ne you never know who's who's officially signed. You know, unless you're the one who does the signing and all that jazz. And I'm not. I'm like, yeah, so and so's gonna do the movie. Oh, I think. Oh wait, he hasn't signed yet. Okay. <laughs> I thought he had. I talked to him for four hours yesterday. But you know what I mean. So it's kind of, uh, yeah, you kind of don't ever want to say too much, but there's going to be some really fun. I mean, you know, I still feel like, um, yeah, I feel like my best movies are in the future, not the past. Very cool. Well, I, I have the, the utmost respect for you. I'm extremely envious of you, to be perfectly honest. I mean, <laughs> just the fact that you have gotten to write for the likes of Scott Adkins and Cuba Gooding Jr., Jean-Claude Van Damme, my personal favorite, Dolph Lundgren as well. 
I mean that right there. <laughs> that right there right. is really really cool. You so you saw you saw you saw you saw oh thank you. You saw Creed, right? You saw you saw Creed two yet? Oh my god, I saw it twice. It was amazing. Oh okay, okay. I was good. yeah, oh I loved it. It was great. Like how great was that? And you know well and, and you know, I was talking to a buddy of mine, it's like how weird is it that like you know here Dolph is, you know, all of a sudden in the biggest Thanksgiving release and probably the biggest Christmas release in Aquaman. It's like, what's going on? I know. I know. Well, and I've, I've said it before, and I'll say it again, but, I mean, let's, let's face it, for the longest time, Dolph was in this uh, this realm of direct-to-video stuff where I think was kind of going under the radar to the general public. And so to see him back on top, you know, headlining these, these big movies that he's doing, I mean, it's, it's pretty cool to see, and I'm hoping that he gets some more high-profile stuff. After yeah, it's it, yeah, it's crazy. Did you see one in the you saw? Did you see one in the chamber that Will and I did with? Uh, I did I fail to mention that when I was talking about movies that Will and I did? I might have actually. No, yeah, no, well, I think I did. Yeah, yeah, and you did that, a rewrite on one in the chamber. Is that right? Yes, that's right. That's right. So well, and it was pretty extensive. I mean, you know, yeah. Once Will came onto the movie, it was it was pretty extensive. Um, and that was that was a, that was an interesting movie because we had we, by the time Will came on there was there were some there were some some problems that the script had not necessarily based on the script that it was but things that we were locked into that was kind of no one's fault except for uh, when you sell these movies internationally you kind of can't deviate from them when you pre-sell them okay so there were certain things that the the uh, we could literally could not change if that makes sense because. It was pre-sold with this action beat. So China really loves this action beat or, or you know, whatever the case. Um, so it was an interesting movie. That was a really learning, you know, learning curve. But, um, but yeah, I think, you know, I was actually happy with that movie. I thought, I, thought, I thought everybody did a pretty good job. Oh, Dolph's character in One in the Chamber is so out there and so much fun. That, yeah. <laughs> that, yeah. That I think that's one of the things that stands out and makes the film so memorable. Yeah, yeah, no, it was, uh, it was, um, it was an interesting, an interesting time, and, and, you know, I always thought just the idea of, at that time, in particular, Cuba and Dolph doing a movie together, I was like, this is so weird, I love it. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious, you know, a lot of these films shoot, uh, in Bulgaria, because I know, um, with regard especially to Hirawanda, that was done by New Image, and I know they do a lot of their films in Bulgaria. What, what is it like filming in that particular country? Um, it's interesting. Well, it, it, well the, since, since I, I mean, when I was there, it wasn't like they hadn't shot movies there, but it, when I first went and shot Hero Wanted there, it didn't have the foundation that it has now. I mean, now, they're so used to shooting movies there, they don't even, they don't even get starstruck. You know, it's like, oh, fucking Sylvester Stallone's back. You know, whatever. But at the time I was there, it was still fresh, so there were still people kind of learning you know, the trade of making movies, even the crew was sort of, you know, learning their trades or whatever. It just wasn't, it wasn't a well-established thing at the time. Um, but it, but it's great. I mean, honest, honestly, like, you know, minus the long flight, I mean, Will Kaufman, for example, he loves, he loves Bulgaria. And um, he, I know, I think he'll go out of his way to make as many movies as he can there. It's a culture shock, you know, if you've never been to Eastern Europe, I guess. Well, even, you know, I mean, it's, it's different than a lot of places in Europe, but it's, but it's, yeah, I mean, it's a very interesting place. And what, what Avi and New Image and have done with Boyana, New Boyana Studios there, and, you know, it's like, when you see a, the Conan remake they did, or the Black Dolly movie that Josh Hartnett did with them, um, they've kept all those sets and sound stages, so it very much has, like, a, you know, 
like a little mini Hollywood kind of in, in Eastern Europe feel now. Well, I like you said, um, I know I already said it, but <laughs> I, I am just in complete envy of you. I love Six Bullets. I love Hero Wanted. I actually own Thanks, all of man. these movies. Own all of these movies on DVD, so um, and a combination of Blu-ray as well, of course. Yeah, but, um, when you can get them, right? Yeah, I know. So, but hey, I appreciate it. I'll, I'll let you go because I know that uh, your time is valuable. But um, well, thanks, been, man. No, it was great talking to you, dude. Thank you. Yeah, this has been a pleasure. Thank you very, very much. And I'm looking forward to everything else that you have in the can. Um, uh, I think, I think if, if 2019 and 2020 were as cool as 2018, then uh, then it's, it's going to be a good year for you. Hey, from your mouth, you know, <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> Let's do it. All right. Well, hey, thank you for your time today. Thank you. Thank you very much. Have a good night. You too.